102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula, the host of Pioneer League Baseball. During the summer, the Missoula Paddleheads about to enter their fourth season of this iteration of the Pioneer League starting in May. But some big news just came out out of the Pioneer League. We may be thinking about Christmas gifts, the holidays, that sort of things. Maybe not the baseball field, but some big news. Recording this on a Thursday, this past Tuesday, a new Pioneer League team is on the way. And it's coming from sunny California, the Oakland Ballers. That's right, Oakland. That Oakland, the Bees, will be entering the Pioneer League. And visiting with us now is someone very involved with the project. He, like myself, will be entering his fourth year in the Pioneer League. League. First season, obviously, in Oakland. Tyler Peterson, a California native. He is the assistant general manager, also will be the play-by-play man for the Ballers. So a couple of, I guess, in this iteration of it, Pioneer League OGs getting together. Tyler, thanks for coming on with us for a few minutes. How's it going? Uh, it's, it's going great, Jeff. Uh, I'm here from sunny and oftentimes foggy California. Uh, as you would know, uh, having spent time in the Bay Area. Um, but we've just had a what I would consider a, a very successful launch. Uh, we had fantastic feedback, um, not just from you know our local crowd that, that we really wanted to make sure saw this as a positive option for them, but also through, I mean, national and almost, you know, really international media as well, um, you know, between ESPN and, and front office sports and, and athletic and then you know the daily mail in in the uk and other places around the world we just we are really blown away from the type of uh, a reception we have got in these first uh 42 to 78 hours yeah that was the wild part of it for me obviously i saw the twitter video came out around here local time in missoula mountain time had posted around 7 a.m so saw it first thing on tuesday morning was like whoa but then saw it pop in as you alluded to on the front page espn jeff passon writing articles about your team and when we talked when i called to congratulate you and again congratulations for your role with this team you being a bay area guy you alluded to that that must be so rewarding for you to be a part of this project but when we talked the other day you kind of alluded to a lot of the hard work being already done when this crazy announcements came out. So what was it like in the weeks and months leading up to this big announcement? Well, on a couple sides, you know, I can say that the, the Wednesday and Thursday now that, you know, we're talking today, these have been more relaxing days for me uh, than otherwise. And I still, you know, have had to get up early and, and put in a lot of work uh, sure. on the media side of things. But we've worked with a uh, fantastic team at a company called the Worker Agency that has done great work on the PR side uh, to make sure that, you know, keeping things under wraps so that we could uh, have a successful launch and announcement, um, sort of, you know, making sure it doesn't leak out in front and, and making sure that it, it's, uh, it's well thought out, um, it's well presented, um, and that, you know, people would be able to uh, understand what we're trying to do. Um, but, you know, for for me on on the player side of things too, you know, it, it's much can be much easier for me now to to go out and talk to guys about a team that they now know exists instead of me trying to convince them that we're going to exist. So you know, all in all, as much as the last couple of months have been about planning, I mean, we really now can begin in earnest with the rest of the Pioneer League to uh, really put out what we think will be a, a top player um, program and then additionally a, a great fan experience. 
Now, you being a Bay Area guy, grew up in the East Bay and around Oakland itself. You obviously grew up like I did with the Oakland Athletics. And I feel like if you grew up in North Northern Bay Area as a sports fan, it's kind of a rite of passage to go sit out in left field, bang the, I guess, the drums and everything else with that Oakland A's crowd. And obviously with everything that's happened with the A's, the move out to Vegas and everything else. How rewarding is it for you as a Bay Area native, knowing how special baseball is to that community to be a part of this project well look i think you know the uh, the a's and and why they've been in the media so prominently in the last year really last you know year and a half um you know we all know what that reality is or we think that we know what what is going to happen more than likely um but but you're, you're right growing up you know going to the coliseum you know it's it, it, there's memories there and you know i might be the last uh, human being or creature on earth that still loves the uh, Coliseum and thinks it's an amazing place to take in a game. I mean, you're talking about, you know, rites of passage as, as a young man, a sports fan sitting out in the, uh, in the, in the bleachers in sort of an, an older style park, let's say, you know, back when there were infield dirt on the, uh, on the playing surface during Raider games uh, without getting too graphic. If you're a guy, uh, <laughs> the troughs, if you're familiar with those, uh, Jeff. Um, oh, yeah. But, oh, you know, I know the, exactly uh, what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> well, we, I don't think there's any uh, mincing of words when you're bringing up a trough. And I've even had people say that they prefer that at sporting events for some reason. Why? I don't know. Maybe nostalgia. It's Listen, it's, it's the kind of thing that if you grow up with it, it feels like it's your backyard. It feels like it's your home. If you're coming in from somewhere else, you may not understand or have that feeling about it. But it's a place that I've always felt was sort of my home, not that it belonged to someone else. It felt like it belonged to me growing up. Um, but for let's talk about it in the in the context of the ballers. Really, for me, when I thought about you know when I was approached about this opportunity, and you know the, the Pioneer League expanded California was really never something I had on my bingo card as, as a possibility, but here it was, and it was going to happen, and it was going to happen with or without me. And when I understood that this was something that um, the, the vision behind it with, with our co-founders, Paul and Brian, it was something I thought, you know, this is my opportunity to try to affect change in my community uh, from a baseball sense, uh, from a community-based sense, um, you know, helping develop uh, in, in an urban area, uh, you know, trying to bring back youth baseball, some of the other programs uh, associated just not with, with playing, you know, minor league independent baseball, that this has a social and community aspect to it, then it was something I thought, you know, that I, I want to be a part of this uh, and I want to have a chance to, you know, uh, influence uh, how successful it can be. Visiting with Tyler Peterson, he's the assistant general manager and also the play-by-play man for the Oakland Ballers, the new team that is entering the Pioneer League starting in the 2024 season. Now, you've been around the Pioneer League the last four years like I've been. What have you been able to learn working with the other teams you've been with, the Idaho Falls Chuckers and the Rocky Mountain Vibes that led you into this position, and what will you take from those positions? Well, uh, on a lighter note, I will say I have come to love the pitch clock, and I'm sure you have as well. Oh, yes. Because that first year, I I maybe had uh, upwards of uh, a half dozen, four and a half hour, uh, certainly over four hour games. So I've come to love the pitch of a baseball traditionalist. Um, but the uh, I started in 2020 with Idaho Falls, and at that time, we were a, uh, a Royals affiliate, and I, you know, I started in February of 2020. So, you know, you can put together 
what happened right after that. Sure, as far yes. As the kind of job I had. But really, yeah, you talk about four years in, in the league itself, that would have started in 21. I had a great opportunity to work with a, a guy by the name of John Balgini, who uh, Paddlehead fans may be familiar with if you've ever watched any or listened to any of the uh, the Chuckers broadcasts. John has been a legend over there. Uh, he's been there for almost 40 years now calling games, and he was a, a great guy to learn under uh, as, as my first year in um, in professional baseball. And with the Chuckers, you know, I got an opportunity to do uh, a lot of sort of what I might call player operations. I was the, the traveling secretary with the, with the team because it was their first year, and they had to be responsible for buses and hotels and, and meals on the road. So I was the only front office representative who went on the road, and, and that fell to me. So I had to learn very quickly. And, you know, at the time, I came in not right out of college. I had a couple of years um, in my local market at NBC Sports, and so I sort of had a, um, a, a base of, uh, of maturity and, and of hard work, so I, I knew I could get the job done. Um, so I learned on the job of, you know, how to work with a baseball team and, and how to, you know, what, what players and what coaches uh, wanted, uh, how they acted, you know, what kind of things uh, that they expected uh, in, in someone's uh, role that I had. You know, I, I took that knowledge base to, to my work uh, with Rocky Mountain the next year, uh, doing some sort of uh, different kinds of things with uh, not necessarily scouting, but, you know, I, I had seen quite a few guys in the league, so I knew some tendencies, so I might have given tips here and there to our then-manager, uh, Joe Miklick, and, and his staff. And then when I um, got the baseball operations job in uh, November of last year, uh, before the season began, I had a great opportunity to work with uh, Les Lancaster in, in building a, a team that we thought, you know, after the couple of years of um, partnering with the Monclova team, uh, that was really our first offseason to build a roster. So I learned about, you know, some of the, uh, the finer details of, of how you go about that. And, and we had uh, a rough start. Uh, we got to play you guys. I think we took uh, one of those three games, which I'm I'm glad we certainly did. We got out of there with a win <laughs> because it's never easy to go to Missoula, no matter who you are. But uh, look, we, we made the playoffs. We had a great year with the Vibes, um, and I am taking on a, a very, very similar role to that which I had in Rocky Mountain. And I'll, obviously my, my responsibilities will be expanded on uh, a little bit more now here in Oakland. Now, with this starting to come into kind of full focus now, and you know, mentioned the national level, all the different media outlets getting behind the baller's bandwagon, so to speak. Looking at it from this perspective, though, this is not a team that is going to be anything like the Oakland A's with it being a corporatized entity, and you're seeing that right away. And I thought this was very cool with a group of over 50 investors bringing in over $2 million to bankroll this project. So thinking about it from a community aspect, how is this going to be an awesome thing for the Bay Area, for the community of Oakland, and for the Pioneer League? Well, I'll start with some of that attention we got. I think, you know, from a national perspective, it's, you know, it's total, totally my speculation, but the amount of press we got might be sort of an indication that for most folks, they are not necessarily rooting for the A's to go to Vegas. You know, there's a lot of sure. people in journalism, there's a lot of people in the sports industry that can't take a side and, you know, nobody 
can necessarily take a side. But I think with the amount of coverage we got, I think a lot of people want good things for the city of Oakland. Uh, they want baseball for the city of Oakland. And, and by no means are we any sort of replacement for them. Um, we are something, you know, separate altogether. Um, and, you know, let's put it this way, too. You know, if if the baller's existence, you know, in any way, uh, you know, keeps the A's from from leaving Vegas, I think, you know, everyone would, would be quite pleased by that. I, we, we just, you know, we realize the reality of the situation and, and it's not something that, that the community um, can, can take into their own hands on the A's, but this is something the community can take on in their own hands as far as the legacy of baseball in Oakland. I mean, Oakland has had baseball uh, since the early 1900s, the Oakland Oaks and the Oakland A's. I mean, my grandfather who was born in Oakland was an Oakland Oaks fan before the A's came in, in, in 68. So we, we are trying to continue that tradition in Oakland and have baseball for Oakland. So I'll, I'll say stay tuned for um, a, an opportunity for those who want to get involved uh, on the on the ownership side. Um, we are uh, exploring a, a crowdfunding option similar to that that the um, the hometown uh, soccer team in the USL, the Oakland Roots, has done. Um, I mean, they they have done amazing things as far as community outreach. They themselves had a, a crowdfunding initiative um, for fans to get involved in ownership. And we hope they cer- we, we certainly want to do something very similar to that. Um, we want to be something for the Oakland community. Um, that is certainly more than baseball. And that includes things like getting uh, youth uh, involved in baseball again. You know, when you look at sort of the history of baseball, guys like Ricky Henderson and Dave Stewart were not, not just great Oakland A's players, but those were guys who, who grew up in Oakland and played youth baseball in Oakland. And, and, you know, that's, that's died a little bit. And, you know, there are different things like the RBI program that major league baseball has that have tried to, um, you know, re-energize um, baseball in cities. Um, we want to make sure that, that we have a, a similar um, effect as well. When we're thinking about what will benefit this city, um, because the great thing is, both of our founders are from the East Bay, as am I. Don Wakamatsu, who is our executive vice president of baseball operations, he's not only World Series champion, but he's from Hayward, which is a town right next to Oakland. Uh, our manager, Michael Franklin, is from San Francisco, so he knows the Bay Area. We, we're all invested in this community because it's our community. Um, and, you know, to put it another way, I, I'm an A's fan. I grew up an A's fan, and so, you know, you're putting – fans in charge of their own community and their own baseball um, and they're going to want to do good things and we do couldn't say it any better me as a guy that grew up in the bay area i'll be quite honest when i saw the twitter video hit and seeing the local community get seemingly behind it and pushing this vision i it gave me goosebumps and i thought it was something that is going to be so cool for that community of oakland and and you're right. When you live in the background of everything that's gone on, you're going to have more of a connection to it. This is Tyler Peterson visiting with us, the assistant general manager and the play-by-play man for the newly named Oakland Ballers of the Pioneer League. Now, they're going to be playing in their first season of baseball here in 2024. Looking at the early schedule, it does not look like the Paddleheads and the Ballers will get together this season. But you've mentioned it. We've both been around the Pioneer League the last couple of years, seeing it trans- transition from affiliated baseball into this iteration of it. Where have you seen the Pioneer League grow in the last couple of seasons in terms of better play, better front office, I guess, inner working, so to speak? And where do you think the Oakland Ballers will fit into this ever-growing Pioneer League? Well, you know, with, with expansion, things 
things, you know, do, do change a little bit. So the playoff structure will be adjusted. Uh, the, uh, the play on the field and, and the travel, you know, some of that will be adjusted. But I think if you're talking about purely in the last couple of years, I mean, both of you and I would agree that, that the actual competition is, is greatly grown. Um, there was a lot more parity uh, in the league last year um, in a positive manner. Um, we saw in the Southern Division in the, in, in the second half, you had five teams within four games. And, you know, when I was with the Vibes, we were the ones that came out on top. We were, you know, eight under in the first half and ended up being, I think, something like 12 over in the second half. The number of spots in affiliate systems is dwindling. And, you know, in this offseason, they're cutting 15 spots from every roster. So the pool of talent is going to keep growing for this league. You know, and if, if the Pioneer League is going to be, you know, the premier development league in independent baseball, well, then they're going to reap the rewards from that because you're going to have guys with incredible talent, you know, guys who performed at a high level in Division One, um, some really, really, really good overlooked Division Two, II, Division Three NAIA players. Um, I think you've seen, you know, some of the players that have uh, just rocked this league the last few years, and that's not necessarily the guys that were the guys that came out of affiliated systems, but they're the guys that have, you know, worked their butts off to get to where they are because they have a dream. So I think the play on the field is only going to get better. Uh, you're going to see guys now coming in with, uh, with maybe a more established uh, repertoire. Some guys who now recognize that this league is a very legitimate option after the draft uh, as a path to get in uh, to a higher level um, within affiliated systems. Um, the league itself, I, I think you're going to see a lot better baseball each year. And I think we saw a huge jump. If we just take the two years of 21 to 23, you're, you're, you know, you're adding more teams and you're actually getting better baseball. It's, you know, a lot of times with expansion, you think, you know, is it going to get watered down? It's, it's actually had the opposite effect that we are getting better as a league. We are putting you know, better systems into place and we're attracting better players. So I think, you know, if you're talking about the future of the next three years, it's extremely bright, um, especially for the players on the field. Now, looking at it from this perspective also, the Oakland Ballers, not just even a new thing for the Pioneer League, but really a new thing for that region of the country. Yes, there's been independent baseball in California before. We talked about the Pacific Association and how it was a similar level of the Pioneer League in yesteryear kind of fell off after 2020 pandemic. And I also know the Pecos League. Some fans listening into this may be familiar with the Pecos with numerous players entering the Pioneer League from the Pecos League. But still, this will be surely a step up in terms of level of play for independent baseball for the West Coast. So, how cool do you think it'll be for your fan base to be introduced to the Pioneer League and to this level of baseball? I think, you know, for introductions, there still needs to be, you know, some more, uh, some more introductions to this. Because I think a lot of folks, when they hear independent baseball, their mind might go uh, to the Pecos League or to the Pacific Association where uh, the teams don't necessarily play uh, in, in stadiums. Sometimes it's, it's community parks or uh, other kinds of fields, um, and it is not a robust um, minor league baseball kind of a fan experience. Um, at the same time, it's neither the, the California League, which is uh, you know low A ball with the San Jose Giants or the Stockton Court. Um, that's sort of one point of reference that folks have. So you know when we 
we fans might not know that there are, uh, you know, eligibility restrictions that we can't go out and, and try to sign uh, Shohei Otani if he wanted to come here. Um, that, you know, it is a different brand of baseball, um, but it's very much something that is within, you know, the Major League Baseball development umbrella. Uh, that is something that is extremely uh, competitive. Um, when you're talking about, you know, guys from uh, big D1 conferences uh, come to play in, in these leagues, it, it'll probably take some time for folks to understand the, the actual part of what happens on the field. But really, um, the important part is, you know, is, is having that kind of family entertainment. And I think folks will gravitate to that very easily. You know, I think for, for the most part, um, and I think the Powell has do, you know, a great job with, with their marketing strategy that they happen to have, you know, great teams every year. But I think, you know, Missoula and fans still would, would come to the games um, whether or not they, they, they know the names of the players. And I think you can say that for, for most of the, the cities in the Pioneer League is that, you know, players will come and go. And you have to be able to, to market in that kind of environment that sometimes you cannot market players. And, you know, the addition of the franchise player this year is great because you can keep guys on who maybe would have timed out otherwise. Um, but I think as far as the, you know, the family fun experience part of it, I think folks will, will immediately um, be very familiar with, with what minor league style of baseball is like. Tyler Peterson, the assistant general manager and play-by-play voice of the Oakland Ballers, the brand new team entering the Pioneer League. We'll give him a couple more questions here and get him rolling there out in the Bay Area. But... The Oakland Ballers, obviously, a shift in the Pioneer League. When you think Pioneer League baseball and its 70-plus year history, you think teams like the Billings Mustangs, Idaho Falls, these franchises based in the Rocky Mountain region that have been around for quite a long time. And obviously, a team from the West Coast is a different look. So for fans that have been around Pioneer League baseball for a long chunk of time, where do you think the Ballers will fit in to this growing tradition? And where do you think they will add to the Pioneer League in a positive way? Well, you know, through through 70-plus, I think it's 85 years of, of Pioneer League baseball by now, if you go to 1939, uh, there's never been a, a California franchise. And, you know, California is a different kind of demographic from, from Colorado, Utah, Idaho, and Montana, or, you know, Wyoming, or, or Canada. I mean, there used to be a, a whole swath of other places that the Pioneer League branched out to, but never to California. So it is going to be a little bit different. I mean, if you're familiar with, with Oakland or the Oakland fans, you know, it's got its, its own kind of funk. And, I, and Jeff, you're, you know, lived in the Bay Area, you, you know what that little bit of what that's about. But, but, you know, looking at California in terms of the Pioneer League, you know, as far as, you know, potential future expansion goes, who knows what's going to happen with some of these, these lower leagues um, within the affiliated system. And that if, you know, this Oakland team can be very successful, we could see other places in California potentially become spots that the league might decide they, they might like to go to as well. You know, the, the biggest thing about California is, is, is the travel. It was just no one could ever travel there. But for us, our co-founders are, are heavily invested in, in creating a, a positive uh, community project. Um, and so we are going to fly to all of our road games for the ones uh, in the mountain states. And, you know, that's, that, that's, not, that's not cheap. You know, that, that requires um, uh, a, an investment uh, into this team, into the community. And, you know, that, that was a roadblock before. But really, you know, if, once we get past that, it's, you know, it, it's wide open. So now that we can have a California team or, you know, a Oregon team or Nevada team or whatever it might be, I think the successful 
expansion to Oakland doesn't necessarily mean just on the field success. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, my goal is to win a championship in this first year, as is everyone else's intention within this league uh, is to make the playoffs and, and to be a champion. But I think there will be other measuring sticks for us as far as what will be successful in Oakland itself. Now, obviously our existence is something of a rebuttal uh, against the A's and against uh, the A's uh, ownership and what they're deciding to do. So there is going to be a, a little bit of that aspect. And that's something to which uh, the fan base in Oakland will rally behind. They will see us as, as an option that, that embraces them. And really, you know, you know, Jeff, we want to be there for, for any A's fan that has, has rejected the A's now because they have rejected them, we are here for them. We are also here for those people who see that A as a family crest, and, we're, you know, and we ask them to make space in your heart for us too. So we are not trying to be necessarily just completely antagonistic, but it, it, it's a very real reality that, look, the A's are planning to leave. We are planning to come in, and it's very important for us to be uh, a positive uh, maker of change for the community. Well, last thing for Tyler Peterson, you know, you've had this big grand announcement, the awesome Twitter video, all the positive things rolling in about the Oakland Ballers, all the excitement. But now what? What's the future steps now to keep things rolling with the Oakland Ballers? And what are the biggest goals you have going into opening day 2024? I think the key hires is the first thing. So we have a number of key hires we still have to make within our organization. We have uh, a field that we are uh, currently going to play at Laney College, which is uh, a fantastic uh, facility for a junior college, but not prepared for minor league baseball. So the the field itself is only uh, one year old. It's a beautiful playing surface. But now we have to uh, put in uh, a couple thousand more seats, uh, different fan experience areas to really transform that into a, a minor league ballpark. And, th- and that college is actually the site of where the, uh, the Oakland soccer team had played at the adjacent football facility uh, for a number of years. And that is as rowdy and as uh, great a crowd experience a- as you can have. It's sort of if you just took the, uh, the Oakland A's outfield bleachers crowd and then made that into an into a, a, a 8,000 uh, person crowd all its own. I mean, we're going to have uh, hopefully around uh, be able to accommodate around 3000 folks um, at, at Laney, which, you know, to us is a, when we, when we, if I say temporary site, I mean, for, you know, the first couple of years of our existence, um, we hope to make that our home uh, and, and give fans a, a good experience um, there. It's a place they're already sort of used to going to uh, for the soccer games, uh, but key hires. And of course the players, um, we are looking to put, uh, put a, a championship roster together in our first year, which is no small feat uh, because, you know, for players, especially players in the Pioneer League, you know, everybody's at a bit of a crossroads when you're, when you're having to play independent baseball. So making the case uh, to a guy for a team that, that has not established itself uh, in the baseball industry is not necessarily the easiest sell. Um, we can offer players a lot. I mean, because of the uh, minimum wage requirements, we will have the highest pay in the league. Uh, the travel of course will be easier. Um, so there are a couple things that are sort of baked in to what I can, you know, give as a pitch, you know, we still haven't won anything. we we have never taken the field. So for some guys, you know, it requires a little bit of a leap of faith. And I'm, I'm very glad that, um, we have uh, a number of players whom we've already signed 
um, that have sort of seen the vision of the project and, and want to be part of it. I mean, I really think, Jeff, we can make best player programs in the, in the entire country when it comes to independent baseball and any of the four partner leagues uh, because of our situation and our, you know, we're in the 10th biggest media market in the country. Uh, we have Silicon Valley. We have a ton of uh, tech industry folks who want to get involved. We, we can offer players um, different things with sponsorships. I mean, there are a lot of things we are looking at that aren't necessarily things you would think go hand in hand with 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 independent baseball. So I think we're we're, we're well set up to compete uh, in that area as well. But the, the launch was was the sort of the first step. The first two months we were all planning for the launch, making sure it goes well. Now we are preparing for the season, and that is going to be a, a much longer project. That is going to be you know the next uh, five six months of, you know, nose to the grindstone, trying to get everything done in time because, you know, it's very aggressive to try to launch eight months before you're supposed to start playing baseball. A lot of teams launch a year in advance for 25. If, you know, if some other teams and other leagues have done a similar things where they announce that they're going to have a team and then they say, we're going to be playing in the year after. But we're announcing and we're saying we're going to be here this year. And we plan to be here this year. And we plan to compete on the field this year. So that's, that's what we have to do in the coming months. Tyler Peterson, the assistant general manager of the Oakland Ballers, as well as the play-by-play man out there in Oaktown. If you want to learn more about the Oakland Ballers, visit oaklandballers.com, and hopefully we'll get, look forward to seeing the Ballers out in the Garden City playing against the Missoula Paddleheads at Allegiance Field, Ogren Park. Be sure to stay tuned in for more Paddleheads off-season news. We'll try to get in some signees for the Paddleheads in the coming months. Also visit with Michael Schlack and others. Get you ready for the 2024 Pioneer League baseball season. But Tyler, thanks for taking a few minutes of your time here to let us learn about the Oakland Ballers. And um, good luck with everything in the off-season. I'm sure we'll be chat more um, in the coming months. Thank you, Jeff. You know, we're not scheduled to play you in the 96. That does not mean we won't play you this season, though. Yeah, no, there's definitely nothing that cannot happen when you're thinking about the Pioneer League and Paddleheads have been part of the postseason the last couple of years, so you never know. Tyler, thanks again. Thanks, Jeff.